And everybody, everybody's just really enjoying the fellowship this morning. So I had to look at my watch and say, well, is it time? They shut the music off, so I figured that was my cue. <laughs> so um, besides the normal BGMC, they're learning about Spain today. And um, BGMC has been very active there. But we got a plaque this week. Yoo-hoo! So Lone Grove Assembly gave $1,029.52 in 2022. And some of the um, things that the um, Oklahoma missionaries pulled money for that helped pay for was Convoy of Hope, the Ukrainian refugee relief, the Life Center in Peninsula Asia, Latin America, equipment and building needs, Ireland, can't even speak this morning, camera and video equipment, the Say Hello Global Initiative, which is Women of Islam, um, Uruguay, Uruguay, I can't talk this morning, kids camp, Bibles, kitchen equipment, prison ministries, Fairy uh, Rider, y'all remember her, the lady who like could preach a fire down, yes. From Taiwan, um, BGMC helped with the orphan children that she helps over there, and many, many more. So give yourself a hand. All right. Okay, I'm gonna pray over the offering and uh, then y'all can come and, and give in to BGMC. But y'all also don't forget that it is Mission Sunday and you can give any Sunday to missions, but um, don't forget all these people on the back wall here, overseas as well as here locally, that we partner with to, to send the word of God all around the world that his kingdom might come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So y'all don't forget that too when they do the offering. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to serve you both here and abroad that we can serve you overseas just by giving into BGMC, into offering. Lord, in so many ways that we can serve you with our money as well as with the work of our hands. So we just ask that you bless the offering today in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Y'all come. Hold, hold out your bucket. There you go. I'll be for the Turn me up, Sherry. Yeah, I want everybody to be sure they hear me. Okay. Um, so everybody knows that we have a pastor trying out today. And so we're going to do things a little bit different. Plus, we have kids leaving for camp today, and they can't wait to get out of here. And they probably wish they were already there. But anyhow, they're going to love that eight-hour drive up there. So anyhow, that's up to them. Um, so uh, Brother Marcus Truesdale is the man trying out today, and he's got a couple things he wants to do first and then we'll get to the announcements and to the offering and everything else. But before we do that, uh, Brother Truesdale, come on up here and do your thing, and we will get 
to everything else later. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, good morning. Can you guys hear me okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, just a little uh, about myself real quick. My wife and I, uh, we're, uh, I wasn't born in Oklahoma, but I've lived here half my life. And so my mom and dad live in Collinsville, with, there by Tulsa, and her grandma and aunt and and uh, uncle live in Broken Arrows, and they've got, she's got two aunts that live in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. So um, it's good to be back home. I forgot how humid it is here, uh, you know, but it's been nice and cool. Usually it's in the 90s in May, and it's been in the 80s. So uh, just a little bit about ourselves. I got uh, three daughters, Brianna, she's 10, and or 10. <laughs> Who's the nervous one here this morning? So she's, she's, she'll be 14, June 3rd, and then Natalie's 10, and then my youngest, Annabelle, is 9. And so uh, wonderful girls, and she's an Okie. She was born in Tulsa, so... Yeah, um, but I want to take this time to pray for you guys, and I'm going to embarrass you if that's okay. Can you guys come up real quick, and we can pray for you this morning for your camp trip? And uh... Would you guys just stretch out your hands towards them as they're going to camp? Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit would speak to each one of them this weekend, that you would do something in their hearts Lord, we go to camp because of the excitement and the joy and spending time with other kids. But the main reason is to know you. Father, I pray that you make yourself known in a deeper way to each one of these kids here. Uh, Lord, let them have an experience with you that they've never had before. Maybe it's a calling into something that, that you're calling them to. Uh, Father, I pray that again that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. You would move on them, that they would experience the move and power of your spirit this weekend. Touch the speakers. I pray for protection over them, for their travels there and back. Lord, it says in Psalm 91 that you have placed your angels around them to keep them from striking their foot against a stone. So we pray the empowerment of your spirit and the anointing of your revelation through your word to each one of them this weekend. And touch the leaders as they take care of them this week. Uh, protect them. Uh, give them patience as they deal with the kids. And, and let them just have a good time and fun time. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, Amen. All right. I'm uh, also, I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force, spent four years active duty. And th this is Memorial Day weekend, so what I want to do, and I always like to respect our servicemen and women. Um, many have died for the freedoms that we have. And I don't know about you, but I've seen some freedoms that are starting to be taken away, and we need to, we need to stand for those things. So. If you would take about 15 seconds of silence just to remember those that have passed for our country. Father, we thank you for all those that have served. We thank you for those that have died so that we might have the freedoms that we have today. They sacrificed themselves for this country. We thank you for that. We thank you for their sacrifice in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if, you've, uh, if you served in the Army, now when we were in the Air Force, you know what, and I might get in trouble with some of you guys that served in the Army, uh, we had an acronym for it, it means aren't ready to be Marines yet. 
I'm teasing if you're in the army. But if, if you served in the army, would you please standing? Would, can we give them a round of applause? Anybody served in the army? Oh, look, I already got it. I'm in trouble now, aren't I? All right, if, if you served in the United States Marine Corps, would you please stand? Anybody served in the Marine Corps? How about the United States Navy? Anybody serve in the Navy? Your husband did? How about the United States Coast Guard? Anybody serve in the Coast Guard? In Washington, we'd have a whole bunch of them stand up. So, um, How about the United States Air Force? Well, thank you for your service and appreciate that. And uh, that's not me, right? Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I made a joke because in the military, it's just a, it's a military thing. So I hope I didn't offend anybody with the Army thing. So again, thank you for inviting my family here to Lone Grove to, to share not only the word and get to know you guys this morning and really appreciate it. And again, it's good to be back home. So God bless you. I'd like to turn it over and... Uh, Oh, okay. Turn it over to Randy. Back to, me Back to you. Turn me up again, Jerry. All right. Okay. Um, just some regular announcements and a few that are not regular. To begin with, right after service today, we're having a meal. Everybody knows that. It's a question and answer, and it's a meet and greet. So if you don't ask a question, you don't get an answer. I mean, that's just that simple. If you want to know something and don't ask, well, you're not going to find out. Okay, then tonight we have the evening service, and we will be voting after the evening service. And everybody's welcome to come, whether you're a member or not, but this is important for those that vote. Be sure and be here to cast your vote. I mean, that's what, that's what we've been praying for for months is to find somebody that can come and then we can vote on. And so anyhow... Matt, um, continue to pray for the kids for youth camp and for Kim. <laughs> she, she's going to need it, uh, but she is more than appreciated around here for stepping up and doing the youth and for doing the children's church also. So she has filled a lot of roles, and y'all take the time to tell her that you appreciate for what she is doing because she's doing a great job. She started with nobody, and now you saw she got six kids going to camp. So that's, that's, a good, that's good. Okay. Uh, so, so you'll know, and this is just, we had our business meeting the other night, and we have new board members. Uh, Sister Robin is the new secretary of the board. Brother Gary Cook is a new board member. And uh, who? Oh, yeah, Rick Meyer. Sorry, Rick. I mean, I'm, I've been, I've been, I, I've been your friend for so long, I kind of forgot about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you get up here, you think it's easy to get up here and talk. It's not. Um, when I was in school, instead of doing a report in front of the class, I would take an F. I would not do those reports. So for me to be up here is kind of, you, you guys are getting something special from me, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, on uh, June the 17th, we have men's breakfast in the fellowship hall. That's a combination of men's breakfast, Bible study, for those of you who would like to come, and we would love for you to come. 
on June the 3rd, which is the first Sunday of the month, we have men's Bible study. We have coffee and donuts, and we play dominoes and bingo and stuff like that. All right, never, never mind. It's a Bible study. I'm just teasing with you. I'm teasing with you. So uh, Heart to Heart is June 20th. Uh, Lori Franks will be the speaker. Pardon? Okay. Did you all hear that? Okay. Uh, June 24th, uh, prime timers, potluck and games here in the fellowship hall. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we're always looking for somebody to work in the media room, to work on the security desk, to help with the singing, to help with the youth, to help with the children's church. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities, y'all. We'd love for you to get involved in all of it. Okay, that's pretty much all the announcements for today. So we're going to go ahead. What we're going to do is we're going to take offering now. We're going to turn it over to Sister Julie. And when she gets through, she's going to turn it back over to Brother Truesdale. Okay, so you guys take an offering. Come on up. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't mention that today. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We know, Lord, that you always show up if we will show up to be with you. Heavenly Father, and, and you're always a blessing to us, and we want to be a blessing to you. So, Lord, we just pray that this service goes great for all attending and all that's involved, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless this offering and that you will use it to your mighty glory for your kingdom, for your church, and for your people, Heavenly Father. In Christ's precious name, amen.
what you started, God. Father, we lay down everything, God. Every enemy that stands before us, Father, 
In the mighty name of Jesus, they're defeated, God. We lay down strongholds this morning, God. Father, just move in this place this morning, God. Touching every heart as you move through them, Lord. Father, fill us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet with your presence, God. Just envelop us with your love this morning, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Give us a new revelation of who you are and who you are in us and to us, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray.
Because he is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of our magnification. He is worthy of all of our honor.
was just something about that name.
Father, we thank you that your name is great. You said there is no other name by which we may be saved. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our King. Jesus, you are the stronghold of our life. You're the tower that we run to and the refuge that we go to. You're the one that calms the storm. Jesus, you're the one that brings peace and stillness into our lives. You're the one that leads and directs and guides. You're the almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. And that is the God that we serve. That is the King that we serve. Hallelujah. I don't know about you this morning, but the Lord, we, we know He's here because anytime two or more gather, He's in their midst, but there is a presence of God here this morning. And we all serve Him. He's a mighty King, and there is nothing too hard for Him, is what the Scripture says. Nothing too big that He can't handle. Nothing that He can't tear down or destroy or move out of the way. That is the God that you and I serve. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that you serve. And he is our king. Lord, we thank you this morning that you're in this house, that you are here, that you love us. You love us beyond measure, even what we don't even understand or comprehend. And we thank you for that this morning. We speak the name Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Isn't God good? You know, I had notes this morning, but uh, God kept laying something on my heart. And I appreciate the worship team. Thank you very much for leading us into God's presence. If you have your Bibles, would you please open up with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 4, 4 through 9. And then we're going to pray. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. The Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen of me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share with your sheep. You're the good shepherd. And Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, it says that it will not return back to you void. I pray, Father, that the hearts that need to hear this this morning will be mended and healed. Minds will be at peace and hearts at peace. 
Father, I pray that as you speak through me, that I would get out of the way. Let your Holy Spirit speak to the people today. That it wouldn't be with a demonstration or eloquence, but with the eloquence of my speech, with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning that we have here to gather together to hear from you. Because these are your words, not ours. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Well, good morning. That was a powerful worship service. And I just really enjoyed, and these, the words that God laid on my heart went right along with some of the songs. And as we came in here this morning, the scripture kept running through my mind. And so, uh, you know, it's better to be obedient to the Holy Spirit than to have your own agenda. Amen. So the book of Philippians, you know, the apostle Paul, when he wrote this, he was in a prison chained to a wall. And I, I'm not good at saying the name of that prison, so I'm not going to say, but you can look it up today. It's still in Rome today. And honestly, the, there was a sewage that would go through that area. In fact, they would take the dead bodies that would die in the prison and they would drop them off into the sewage area. That's the area that they would take. So you can just imagine the Apostle Paul chained to a wall where you could smell sewage. How many of you like sewage, the smell of it? Yeah, I didn't see, I see a, hand, a show of hands on that one. No, none of us like that. But he's chained to a wall. He's upset because he can't be with the Philippians. He can't be preaching the gospel. He's not out doing what he loves to do. And yet God used him. He used him in a better way here than he could ever use him ever before. Because we have his letters. And it's touched more lives. And the Apostle Paul writes in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, that word rejoice is not the rejoice that we often think of. It means to clap, shout, and give God praise. How many of us in our circumstances do we shout, clap, and give God praise when we're going through difficulties? Or do we focus on our problem? Do we talk about our problem? Do we call our friends and our family and we talk about what is going on? Or do we go to the Lord first? How many of you guys have seen the movie The War Room? Powerful movie. I love that scene. The pastor walks into the room, he walks back out, and he goes, there's something about that room that's different. God wants us to go into our prayer room. He wants to go into a time of praise and worship and lay our burdens before him. Amen. That's why the apostle Paul says, clap, shout, in the Lord always. Now I understand we don't always feel like worshiping. We don't always feel like shouting and rejoicing and clapping. But there's something we call a sacrifice of praise. How many of you, we know that song, right? God, sometimes, sometimes we have to force ourselves to give God a sacrifice of praise even when we don't feel like it. Remember one time stationed up at uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota, in the service, I was having a rough time in my shop and, you know, out of... All the guys, I, I went to church, I didn't drink, I didn't party, and in the service, if you don't party, you don't drink, uh, you're not one of the crowd. So it was a tough two years for me. And I remember going into the church service, and this worship was going, and I thought, no, I'm not going to worship. I'm, I was having a pity party. Anybody ever have a pity party before? And I remember saying this in my heart, God, I just don't feel like worshiping. And Pastor Kyle, out of nowhere, out of the middle of his sermon, stopped me and says, if you don't feel like worshiping God, you need to stand up and begin to worship Him right now, because He is worthy to be praised. Yes. The Apostle Paul knew Christ. 
He had an intimate relationship with him. In fact, in chapter 3, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That means more of him. I want more. That's what worship is. It's saying, Jesus, I want more of you. I want my focus on you. I want to give you praise. I want my attention to be on you. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In the Bible, if you see it repeated twice, there's an emphasis on it. So Paul being chained to a wall made a choice to rejoice. Remember when Paul and Silas were in prison and they rejoiced. What happened from that? The Lord released them. There's something that happens when we give God praise and we get our focus off our circumstances and onto Him that the walls can come down. Because when we're focused on it and we try to fix it, what happens? We can make it worse. But when He does the work, it's so much greater. So He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Knowing that Jesus is coming soon, and I believe He is, I, I, I think we're in that generation, of course, where nobody knows the day or the hour, but we're seeing the signs, we're seeing the convergence of signs. We call it the blessed hope. That should uh, give you enough to rejoice that Jesus is coming back. In fact, the early church thought that He was going to come back in their time. And, and that's why He said, encourage each other with these words. That is a form of rejoicing. That reminds you to give God praise. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, present your request to God with thanksgiving. In this passage here, I think Paul had some anxiety. In fact, he, re, he, he mentions in chapter 3 that he was, he was anxious. Paul had a, moments of anxiety. I mean, this is the Apostle Paul. Uh, th this is the one that had an encounter with Christ. And yet he had anxiety. He had worry. I, I, anybody ever struggle with worry? Anxiety. It's almost like having a mountain on your back. And yet Paul says when you rejoice and you take it to the, to the Lord in prayer, you can be anxious about anything. You can, you, you can not be anxious about anything. So do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now look at this, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we begin to rejoice and we begin to bring our anxiety to the Lord and our problems and our struggles to the Lord in prayer and in worship, the Holy Spirit will come in and give you a supernatural peace that this world cannot give you. It's supernatural. It's a God peace. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but we know as believers when we pray, God will just pour in that peace. And you know, He'll confirm it to you as well. I mean, peace is important. In fact, it's one of the, one of the armors, one of the part of the armor of God that He puts on us. The feet fitted with the gospel of what? Peace. Anxiety has its roots in fear. Have you guys ever heard of the acronym false evidence appearing real? And so 
anxiety, Satan comes in with worry and, and, and doubt and anxiety, and he gets you stuck in a thing called fear. And it was interesting because in Sunday school this morning, they talked about fear versus doubt. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, for we must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that earnestly seek him. So when you're in fear, you're not in faith. And so anxiety can steal your faith. And when you're not in faith, you can't please God. But when you get your focus in worship, like we did this morning, and you get your focus on Him, and you set your eyes on Jesus, He can remove all that anxiety and that worry and take that burden off of your heart. It may be finances. It may be health. It may be direction. It may be family members. We don't know what it is. You might know. You know what it is. I have my own issues. You have your issues. But when you bring it to Jesus, He can take that away. Hold your spot here and go with 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Look with me in verse 7. Actually, let's start in verse 5. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those that are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. Remember Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, when he says, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God, for you must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those that earnestly seek Him. Amen. The first part of that means that we need to believe that He exists. And then if we believe that He exists, that we believe that He can move mountains, and that He can remove anxiety, and He can destroy strongholds within our life. Amen. But it all starts with humility. Pride says, I can do it. Pride says, I can figure it out. Pride says, I can get it done. But humility says that God can do it. He is able. He's able to conquer and destroy and remove. So he says, all of you clothe yourself with humility. Now, humility is a word that we call humiliate. If you look that up, it means to humiliate yourself. It means to bow down. How many of you are bowing down to the Lord this morning? It's like the kid that said uh, the teacher got onto the kid and told him to stand in the uh, to sit in the corner, and he said, "I may be sitting, but I'm standing up on the inside." <laughs> Humility says, "God, I can't do it. I need your help." Remember one time we were in Upton, and uh, you know our kids were little, and we ran out of money. We we'd spent all of our money on diapers and formula, and. Uh, we were on our way back from Spearfish because we had to go shopping in either Gillette or Spearfish. We always picked Spearfish and about an hour away. And we're on our way, and Stacy and I looked at each other and we said, How are we going to make it? How are we going to pay for food? We were out of food. And we looked at each other and said, You know what? God, God will supply the need. We got back to town and we had a post office box, went in there. The bank was next door to the post office. There's a reason why I said that, and you'll get that here in a minute. Opened up the post office box and we got a letter from the Wyoming Assemblies of God. And in it was a check for $500. The district had 
more than enough in their 2% fund, so they blessed every minister with $500. The bank closed within an hour. So we went over, deposited the check, went right back out, another hour's drive, and got groceries for our family. Yeah, that's the God that we serve. Our trip down here. Yeah, our trip down here. Stacy said, Lord, we just need a hundred bucks. Somebody in our church came up and said, Hey, God told me to give you this. It was 300 The next day, Pastor, I want you to come over to the house for me. I, I got something for you. God told me to give you this. It was $400. And that was able to, to bless our kids on the way here and to be able to buy food. And, and I know some of you guys took care of that. Your church took care of some of that stuff. But you know, kids, I got three grown girls. I didn't think girls ate that much. You know? <laughs> Boys eat a lot, and I know that, but man, they eat me out of the house. So I, I go to get something, and it's gone. And I'm like, where did that go, you know? I, my daughter loves Doritos, and I'm picking on her this morning, and I, I probably need to give her a quarter, because they say give a quarter to every time you mention your kid in church. But uh, <laughs> I go to grab a ba bag of Doritos, and it's gone, because she ate it all. But, and then we've always had $30 that we give to each kid when we go on a trip back to Oklahoma to visit family, to spend for... And two ladies in our church, one gave each of the girls 20 and one gave each of the girls 10. That's $30 a piece. That's the God that we serve. And it's not just in material things. It's for spiritual things too. God can remove those strongholds in our life. In fact, hold your spot here with me. We'll get back to 1 Peter. But go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The Apostle Paul in his letter to Corinth... It's his second letter. Some believe it was actually his third letter. We're not sure. Writes this in verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Anxiety comes in thoughts. The enemy attacks us in our minds. And he says we take those thoughts captive to make it obedient to Christ. And we do that with the power of God. You know, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe in it. I got saved 1984, April 19, 1984. Mom, I was out playing with my friend Dean. My mom was in there praying with my sister. She didn't accept that day. And I remember the door cracked. And I said, Mom, what are you doing in here? She goes, I'm telling Angela how to give her heart to Jesus. I said, oh, I want Jesus in my heart too. And I waited a few minutes. And after she was done speaking with my sister, she asked me in there. She wanted to make sure that I knew what sin was. And so she... Explained sin. I knew what sin is. I said, yeah, fighting with my sister and stealing. I, had a, I, I was a klepto when I was a kid. I had a problem stealing. She explained me the gospel message. I'd be separated from God for all eternity. I got saved. And, of course, my mom's Pentecostal. So she immediately, do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you want to get your prayer language? So she prayed for me. 
Got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Got called to be a pastor that summer, and in that fall I got water baptized and saw an old shadow of myself falling to the bottom of the pool. And I came up and said, Mom, it feels like somebody took scrubby bubbles and cleaned my insides out. But we have a power from the Holy Spirit that we can tap into. In Acts chapter 1, when he says, wait for the gift my Father has promised you. Wait for the gift my Father's promised you. And in, in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It says that you will receive power to be my witnesses. That word power is a word called didymus or dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. And it's the best word that we have for the power that God has given each one of us. And so when we look at this and he says, uh, we have weapons. Though we w live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. That word power there is the same word didymus or dudamis. To destroy strongholds or demolish. And the enemy comes up and he sets up strongholds in our minds. That's what anxiety is. That's where fear comes from. What's going to happen to my kids? All the stuff that we're seeing in our society. What's going to happen to our nation? What's, what's going to happen to our, 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 our government? We, we look at all that stuff. But we serve a God that is mighty and powerful and strong. And if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have power to tap into. And he tells us what those strongholds are. We demolish arguments and every pretension. That word pretension, another word is imaginations. The what ifs. Anybody ever have the what ifs problem? You know, what if this happens? I'll be honest with you. I, this is the first time I've ever candidated and I was nervous. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'd, I'd rather do that, you know. And... I had a word that was given to me yesterday, peace, the same thing. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. God wants me to pre preach on this too. But. And then my mom sent me a little clip this morning, peace. Some of you guys need that, peace. You know who you are. And you need peace in, in a situation in your life that you have no control over. See, when we have no control over it, that's because God wants us to bring it to Him. He says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Do you know Billy Graham struggled with doubt? How many of you guys know that Billy Graham struggled with doubt? There was a time in his life when Charles Templeton, who was a contemporary to Billy Graham, and turned from the Lord. And I believe that you can. You can walk away from the Lord. Uh, it was mentioned even in Sunday school this morning. It's called apostasia, apostate. We're seeing denominations do that today. And he began to have influence on Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was struggling. Should I go back and be president at Northwestern University? Should I, uh, uh, should I go on to Princeton or should I stop the ministry altogether? And he preached in Pennsylvania and it was a flop. Made him question even more. And he was invited out to California to a non-denominational youth camp. And he kept getting the word, thus saith the Lord. And as he was, he decided to take a walk on a path and he found a stump and he took the Bible and he laid it down and he goes, Lord, I have a lot of questions about this Bible I don't have answers for. But from this day forward, I'm going to take you at your word. Thus saith the Lord. And that's why every time you heard Billy Graham preach, he always said, the Bible says. 
Not me, but the Bible. It, it was a stronghold the enemy tried to set up in his brain, in his mind. So we demolish arguments in imaginations that, that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive those thoughts. How do we do that? We take it with the Word of God. Jesus fought the devil with the Word. In fact, the devil used the Word against Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. But Jesus used the Word right back. Don't get in an argument with the devil. You'll lose every time. But if you use the Word of God, he can't defeat the Word of God. So go back with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 there. So he says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Let me stop there for a minute. Due time. Due time. That doesn't mean right now. And that's the hardest thing for us sometimes. We are a microwave society. We want it now and we want to get it when we get it. Why do you think we have so many fast food joints? Boy, I am so tired of eating out. When you go on a trip, you start craving a home-cooked meal, right? Green beans and I'm a steak and potatoes guy. Stacy knows that. You know, I'd, I'd take a steak and potatoes and green beans over anything. I don't like it mooing and kicking a little bit. I like it still with a little pink, but not, not crawling off the plate. But the thing that we have a hard time with is the due time. We, we have to persevere. We have to stand fast. We mentioned that in class this morning. Hold fast your confession. Stand fast. In, in Ephesians chapter 6, where he talks about the armor, he uses the word stand three times. It means to resist. Don't quit. Don't give up. Stand firm. Stand fast in the confession of your faith. Stand fast in your relationship with God. Don't let the enemy win that battle. Because Jesus has already won the war. We just have to win the battles. And he will lift you up in due time. Look at verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The word cast literally means to toss it at his feet. We've, we, uh, we've used that terminology. Remember, take it to the altar, leave it at the altar, right? But a lot of times, what do we do? We take it to the altar and we think, oh, wait, I can fix this. And we start to dabble in it a little bit. And then we try to take the problem back over and then anxiety starts all over again. And again, anxiety can be in all kinds of forms. It could be, it, it could be something, again, with your finances. Some, some stuff I've already mentioned. Your, your children, your family. God knows what those things are. He knows your struggles. He knows your problems. And He can handle them. Amen. I mean, think about this. God holds the universe in His hand. Have you ever flown in an airplane before? I remember going to Saudi Arabia in 1999. I sat next to a Marine that kept putting a shoulder on my head. I had to, have to push him over a few times. One time I pushed him really hard. He woke up, uh-huh. I kind of turned the other way. That's wrong. But when you look out the window, what do we look like? We look like ants, don't we? 
And yet God holds the universe in his hand and he cares for each one of us. That we're insignificant when we look down, but you're not insignificant to the Lord. He loves you. He's concerned about you. So he says, cast all your anxiety on who? On him. Not other people. Not yourself. But on him. Because he cares for you. Another word for that is concerned about you. God is concerned about you. He's concerned about your struggles. He's concerned about your problems. And I've already mentioned some of that. But he is. He loves us. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. I think this is the shortest I've ever preached, so we're going to have an altar call. Usually I preach about 45 to 40, 40 to 45 minutes. All right, I can, I can do that. Amen. All right, Lord, what do you want? <laughs> so the Apostle Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Now when he says that in verse 6, you can have thoughts of anxiety without being anxious. Let me share that again. You can get thoughts of anxiety without being anxious. Don't dwell on them. Cast them out. Remember? Yes. Take every thought captive and replace it with God's Word. Now that may happen to happen. You may have to do that a hundred times. Amen. You may have to do that over and over again. Uh, there's been times I've had to battle things and say, no, in the name of Jesus, go away. Sometimes you have to speak it out loud. Yes. I mean, we got an enemy. Make him know that you are not going to put up with it. So he says right here, he says, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything, all things. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he says, pray on all occasions in the spirit. Keep in mind the saints. Pray for the saints. I kind of paraphrase it a little bit there, but it means to pray in the Spirit. You know, one of the ways that you edify yourself is to pray in tongues, to pray in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, when we pray in a tongue, we edify ourselves. I believe, uh, we don't know if David spoke in tongues. I don't know. I mean, the Bible doesn't say. I know he prophesied, but uh, uh, we know Saul did. It's possible he could have. We don't know. But he strengthened himself in the Lord. So he says right here, he says, with petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And when you bring it before the Lord in prayer, it does something. It releases something. The Holy Spirit releases peace that comes from God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Again, that means it's supernatural, something you, can't, you and I can't figure out. Have you ever had peace in a situation you just needed peace? Anxiety is building up and you begin to pray. You begin to worship. You begin to do what we did this morning. And peace just floods over you. Peace just floods over you. And it's a peace that you can't understand. You don't have to figure it out. It's from God. And it does something. It will guard your heart and your mind. There's 18 inches between your head and your what? And your heart. Yeah, in, in, in the Bible, in the, in, during those times, they considered the, uh, the soul or the heart the bosom, your stomach. That's why we always say you get butterflies in your belly, right? 
when you get nervous? You, you ever get those little butterflies? Your heart needs to be, your heart needs to be protected and your mind. What, what is one of the, of the weapons that God has given us? The helmet of what? Salvation. And it protects what? Your thoughts. He's given us the shield of faith. Now that shield covered the whole body and it was wrapped in leather and they would soak it in water, which is the watering of the word with the Holy Spirit. And when the fiery darts from the enemy came, it would put those fiery darts out. So when you raise up that shield and it protected the whole body. So when you pick up your shield of faith, which is faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, Romans 10, 17, you start to build your faith, you pick up your shield and then you use your sword. You're using it all at the same time. Now, he says, this peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. God's spirit comes in. He protects your thoughts. He protects your heart. He gives you a peace. And then Paul says this in verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Right here. This is, this is true. This is noble. This is praiseworthy. This is admirable. This is excellent. Right here. God has given us His Word for a reason. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Which that word transform is metamorphosis. A, a, a caterpillar into a butterfly. How many of us are still caterpillars this morning? In our minds. And God wants us to be butterflies. And then Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen of me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Surround yourself with godly people that are faith-filled people, that are positive people that will lift you up and strengthen you. So not only do you get into prayer and praise and worship and you cast your anxiety on, surround yourself with godly people. Iron sharpens iron. We were talking about that this morning. One of the things that COVID did, you know, all churches in the United States are down 20% because of COVID. It was Lifeway or Barna that did the study on it. It affected churches. It affected the fellowship. The first time since Christ uh, ascended to heaven that the church was closed. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together as you, in the habit of doing. Because there's strength in what? Numbers. So if you know somebody that you can surround yourself with, if you could follow somebody that's godly or I'm a mentor, that's why we need to mentor the younger people. Get around some of uh, those that have been serving the Lord for a long time because they've been there, they've been through that, they've, they've got experiences, and they can give you advice on how to handle it. There's nothing wrong with getting advice. We go to God first, then surround yourself with godly counsel, the Bible says. And then he says, and the God of peace will be what? With you. Surround yourself with people that are praying people. I think it was probably about 
15 years ago, and I've shared this with my congregation, but it wasn't a Pentecostal evangel. Some missionaries were in Africa, and uh, some raiders came and pulled them over and took them out, out of their car and placed them on their knees, and they were going to shoot them. They had rifles. And here in the States, several people in different states, the Holy Spirit laid on their heart to pray for them. All at the same time. Th that's how God works, right? I mean, Jesus is the only one that could appear to 500 people all at the same time. He's omnipresent. So he, this couple with rifles pointed at him had all these people praying for him. It was about 12 people in the States from different areas praying for him. And all of a sudden, these guys dropped their weapons and scree screamed and ran. A few months later, one of the guys ended up getting saved. And they asked him, why did you run? And he said, because there were 12 people in armor with, with swords that scared us. And we ran. That's you and I. Praying for each other. Yeah. Yeah, amen. So if you're dealing with anxiety this morning, if you're dealing with problems or struggles, listen, I can't heal you. I can't do any of that. But he can. I'll share one more story. I like stories. My kids, my wife calls it the Cosby Kids stories. You know, the Cosby Kid Dad. I, my kids will remind me. I repeat myself. So I've just forgot my story. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't know what happens. Is that what happens when you get start getting closer to 50? You start losing your memory. <laughs> well, I guess I wasn't supposed to share. Good. All right, Lord. I get it. I want to take this time. I know we're closing a little early. It's 1140. But I want to invite some of you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. No matter what happens this morning, my job is to pray and take care of and nurture and intercede and be there for you. It means to, to care for. So I want to pray for those that are struggling here this morning. Maybe there's something that you have a burden on your heart. Maybe there's only one or two. That's okay. Sometimes the Lord will only sh share the message for just one person. If that one person needs it, hallelujah. Amen. All right, I got another story before you come up. <laughs> and I will remember this one. When I was at New Life up there in Tulsa, I, I was preaching on a Sunday night. My pastor would have me preach one Sunday night a month for mentorship. And I, God had laid a message on my heart. And uh, it was about Moses calling. And I preached the message and nobody responded. And I thought, oh man, I missed it. Afterwards, there was a guy that was visiting. He had drove by. He was an Assemblies of God pastor. And God said, I have a message for you in here. Stop. He came in. He was wondering if God was calling him into counseling and that he was getting ready to retire from ministry. And I preached that message that night. And God meant that message for that man. And he came up and gave me a hug. Of course, it helped me, you know, gave me a little bit of encouragement. But if it's just for one, if there's just one of you that needs a touch from the Lord, that's what matters. God cares about every single one of you. I know it's early. I don't know what, how long you guys usually go for your service. Usually I'm out by noon. Uh, preaching and I get along winded too. Some of them let me know. But this morning I want to pray. If you're here this morning, if we could have somebody come up and play the piano this morning. And you guys have oil I saw up here. Right? Is this oil? 
I want to pray for you. I want to invite you to the altar. Do you need prayer this morning? Are you having a, do you have a burden on your heart? Don't be shy. I'm going to invite you. Come on up. I'm going to come down here. If you need prayer, I'd like to anoint with the oil and pray for you this morning. Can I get some of the elders that wouldn't mind coming up and some of the ladies, if there's ladies that I'm praying with, can I get some ladies to come up and help me pray this morning? What's your name this morning? Amy. Amy, what do you need prayer for this morning? I have two girls that are...
Sometimes God will give me pictures and, not, and I could be completely wrong, but is there somebody with a left foot problem this morning? I kept getting it the whole time. I was praying for people and I could be completely wrong. I had one guy one time, he's, he was too nervous to come up and told me after the service one time that he had a thumb issue. Uh, so if, if you have a thumb, if, if you're, you have a foot issue, it's a foot, I don't know what it is. So if you need prayer, I will pray with you. I won't embarrass you. So just let me know about it. 